Hey everyone, welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala, coming to you from my temporarily relocated makeshift studio in Connecticut. Today's guest is an award-winning actress, director, writer, photographer, half a dozen other creative titles, as many call her the Swiss army knife of the arts, Molly Gazet. We talk about everything from the massive shift in the industry due to the pandemic to inequality that is slowly but surely moving in the right direction. Please enjoy this episode of Actors with Issues with Molly Gazet. Thank you so much for joining me today, Molly. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a crazy, uh, very strange time for uh, everybody, but for the entertainment industry in particular, we're just at a grinding halt. Um, Yes, we are kind of you know gives us all a little anxiety just trying to figure out what to do what do we do with our time with all of this time that we kind of wish we had sometimes when we're in the middle and the thick of it so uh yeah how are you sort of processing uh everything that's going on and uh and what are you doing hi hey yeah no i mean when this first initially happened um I, my friend and I had kind of declared this our year and, um, it really was at, you know, the, the beginning of March and of February, like getting a lot of auditions and going to see a lot of casting directors and doing the, you know, the, the typical grind that us as, as uh, actors are used to doing in these bigger, uh, markets like in New York and LA. Mm-hmm. And, um, the week that the pandemic, like we went into quarantine, um, I had eight auditions four callbacks and uh, a musical audition, um, which I hadn't had in a long time. So it seemed like, oh, wow, like things are really picking up. And it was feeling like, you know, this was 2020 was going to be the year. Mm. Um, And then, of course, you know, we go into the pandemic and everyone's going into quarantine and all those projects that I had gotten callback for, um, you know, they dissipate. And um, with the exception of one, which is a animated series that I auditioned for. Um, so it was kind of, you know, surreal going from, okay, everything's happening to, oh my God, nothing is going on anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first I really didn't know what I was going to do. So I started, um, I think it was the week of St. Patrick's Day. Um, mm-hmm. I started doing videos um like music videos and the first one i started with was um uh oh it's called uh, irish lullaby uh, which i sing in a movie called girl box or a tv a tv pilot called girl boxer um and i felt like that since we couldn't go out and be together it might be something um that would unite people and you know their whether they're irish or not um to feel like they were unified for the holiday And from there, you know, it's, again, at first, I really didn't know how everything was going to turn out. If there was going to be opportunities during quarantine, you want to be also respectful of everything that's going on in the world. Um, And since that moment, um, at least for me, I've had a lot of different opportunities pop up that I would never have gotten before. Um, so it, it's interesting how it changed, um, the, the trajectory of, of me being an artist going from like hustle, hustle, hustle to really intimate, um, at home concerts, which have led 
um, to me freelancing with a manager, which has led to me getting an audition for another um, voiceover gig, to me booking a voiceover gig at home, um, to booking a soloist in a uh, music recording, and then also to, um, since I am also a filmmaker at home, it's also led to a lot of independent projects um, mm -hmm. with uh, international friends. So it's been, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I answered your question, but it's just been, <laughs> it's just been an interesting experience going from like what we would typically think would be, um, our, what we would normally call a successful, uh, sprint as artists to going, oh, well, this is different, but it's still like, some of them are still paid gigs. Some of them are really amazing pieces that I'm really excited and proud to be a part of. That would not have mm -hmm. happened if we weren't in quarantine and, um, you know, spent the time to really, you know, sit with ourselves in quarantine. Right. It's it's such an interesting uh, time because for so many people, there's still things happening. Like you said, uh, projects that you might not have been able to commit to um, had none of this happened or opportunities come up that might not have um popped up had this not happened um like you know for myself I unexpectedly um you know got a manager during all of this and it was kind of only because I wanted to you know get onto certain resources online like IMDB Pro and try to um update all of that just to have it ready mm -hmm. uh for when all of this ended but had <laughs> had the quarantine and stay-at-home orders not had happened I might not have been motivated to even do that so the manager <laughs> wouldn't have found me so it's just interesting how it all works out yeah so, uh, in our favor thankfully we're I'm very grateful for that obviously um but um so with some of your independent projects um where though like you said obviously I know you as um as a filmmaker because you directed me I was in one of mm -hmm. your shorts a few years ago um, so have there been any sort of, um, passion projects that you've been re-inspired to like, um, or inspired to revisit during this time? You know, I think the big thing is, um, my music. So I'm also a singer songwriter and I haven't done that in mm -hmm. a long time. Like I, I used to play in a band back in San Francisco and California. And, um, you know, when I first came to New York, I really didn't, I did, I did a lot of cabaret, but I just kind of was like, you know, I don't really know if. I really want to focus on music while I'm here. Um, I want to focus more on film and TV, uh, you know, auditions and honing those skills. And, mm. you know, you can't do that as much <laughs> when you live, live right. in a house with, you know, two other people who have, um, you know, work nine to five or even longer uh, since both of them are in my husband and my sister are both in tech and in business um, in the business mm. world. So, you know, I can't really run lines <laughs> as much as right. I would like to um, <laughs> with with my husband or, or whatnot, even though we've done we've made three films in quarantine, one of which has been in three different film festivals now within the last two weeks, right. which is incredible. Right. Congrats Thank you. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. It's uh, the one that has been getting the most traction is uh, a very fun, weird comedy. Um, mm -hmm. So. You know, I think that it also, like, it, you know, so the music definitely, the music videos that I've been putting out there has been kind of like a, a private thing that I've wanted to do for a while. 
but didn't really have time, you know, because I'm also a photographer, mm. you know, they call me the Swiss army knife of arts because I do a lot of random stuff. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've been, I've been called that a couple times recently. So, um, I'm going to own it like a badge of honor. Um, right. But, you know, between that and then also as a filmmaker and an actor, it's like you really want to while you're in while I've been in quarantine, I've really wanted to, you know, keep acting and keep doing fun stuff. And um, I'm really thankful that I have my husband and my sister who are willing who are not actors <laughs> who are willing mm -hmm. to be in these little films that I've wanted to put together. And, um, you know, as a filmmaker, I've spent a lot of time planning and prepping and getting things, you know, as perfect as I could possibly get them to, and then just kind of releasing. But with this, um, with the Cabin Fever Film Festival, which has been doing a weekly um, film competition, where I was, where I was doing these films with, um, you know, you don't have time for all that prep. So it was a great way to say, hey, you know, not everything has to be a big production. And look at the right. benefit that has come out of it. You know, this film that I have I did with the two of them and two friends who are in um, California and here in Brooklyn in quarantine also participated. And now it's like, it's going to be shown in London or to a London audience. It's going to be shown to an LA audience and it's going to be shown to a New York audience. Um, right. So, you know, there's like a lot that, um, yeah, there's just a lot <laughs> that I've been doing yeah. and it doesn't seem to stop. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> which it's, it's so fun to, to be able to like, um, it's like the, the sort of like 48 hour film festivals or 48 hour play festivals, just like time crunch, just, you know, just make art. Don't, don't overthink it. Don't try and make it this big, um, you know, illustrious project, just, make something for the fun of it and 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 look where it's gone you it's it, you know you're gonna have people overseas and across the country watching your project um because you just sort of did something for the passion of it and to to stay creative and it's this whole time is really forcing a lot of us to um let's just say forcing <laughs> but you know it's <laughs> it's giving us the opportunity to stay creative and flex those creative muscles that maybe a lot of us haven't been able to do absolutely um, like there's you know, there's a few like monologue, a lot of casting directors have been doing those monologue challenges and, and self tape challenges. Mm -hmm. um, some providing scripts, others are saying write an original mm -hmm. piece um, and just put it on tape and send it yeah. to us. And it's a good way to keep us because a lot of actors aren't writers or they might not have ever taken an acting course. And it's, you know, you give them this tiny template and they're like, okay, what can I write about? What, what monologue can I write that starts with? Yeah, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, that was a really fun I one. I loved do. <laughs> doing that one. Yeah. The, oh, it's you. Who yeah. was that? It was um, Erica S. Bream. Erica yeah. Bream? I think it was her casting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one, that one was probably my favorite one to do. And then the NCIS one for Kennedy casting. I loved yeah. those. That was a oh, lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. So yeah, no, I love that. And like a lot of, um, it's it's a great it's great to see how engaged everyone is um on all spectrums in um on 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 the internet when it comes to like keeping creative or helping other people stay creative um i did right. a scene i did a scenes for charity um thing with your buddy uh enos esmer uh from the blind spot Right, and right, yeah, yeah. That was just so fun, and that was just so random. Um, I saw 
I, I follow Jamie Alexander from the blind spot and I saw that she was promoting yeah. his scenes and signed up for it. And we did two fun um, scenes. The last one we did was from independence day. <laughs> um, it was so much fun. I loved it, but I mean, it was just so great to see someone in the community reach out to people and just say, Hey, let's do something creative. Let's do it for charity. And you know, it was $20 donation. You got to talk about where you donated the money to. And, um, you know, I was, I'm, I was fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to donate, um, and to help, uh, NYC hospitals and, um, mm -hmm. doctors without borders for those two. And, you know, like, but that's incredible. Like what he was doing with that, what, um, all these casting directors and all these, and some actors have even put out some stuff and just been like, you know, let's do something. Let's be creative. You know, as the podcast is called Actors with Issues, <laughs> I always like to ask my uh, my guests, what's your issue with the industry right now? Besides COVID-19, <laughs> though, it's not like it's their issue. It's all of our issue. But uh, yeah, what's your issue with, with the oh, industry? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that is um, is changing and is becoming a you know, is because like the industry is becoming a little more aware of itself, I think, in a lot of ways, um, when it comes to, um, you know, a lot of hot topics of gender inequality, of um, racial inequality in, in being presented in film and in TV. Um, I think one of my biggest, I think, <laughs> like, I, I have like two, one I want to touch on, but like the other one is kind of uh, poignant to what's going on in the industry right now. Um, mm. One big thing as a female filmmaker that has been a bit of an issue in general, for me at least, has been um, having an attached name of a man as a producer to any of my films. And there's a, a couple of great TED Talks that talk about this, is that if you're a female um, filmmaker, you need to, they, they say, you need to have a male producer attached to your film because if not most people aren't gonna even bat an eye at it um which i found it, you know it's 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 still an issue that i feel like is changing and is getting better but that's like a tiny little thing i wanted to touch upon uh or not mm. tiny i suppose but it's you know something as a female filmmaker who is creating work you have to keep that kind of stuff in mind. It's like whose names are attached to this, you know, uh, who have credits on TV, obviously, or, or whatnot, or mm. if you have a good showrunner, but also specifically just having a male in the producer's, uh, producer's box, um, whether they know yeah. them or not, it's, it almost makes it a little more legit, um, according to what I have um, heard. And I'm part of NYWIFT, which is uh, New York Women in TV and Film. And I just became a member this mm -hmm. year, which I have been wanting to be a part of that in that organization um, for quite some time now, um, since I moved to New York about four years ago. And they talk about mm -hmm. that. They talk about like ways of getting around that, ways of um, having the conversation. And I'm not at a point yet to really have that conversation um widely um because i'm still learning mm. and still um doing my research on it but it is something that has concerned me specifically since 
I um, aspire to make my own work and have it go pretty far, um, especially since Cannes has, you know, there's been a, the Cannes Film Festival has also talked about um, or has been in the spotlight recently in the last few years about not having a lot of female directors. You know, there's a lot of that mm-hmm. um, that has uh, been coming to light. And I'm still in the process of researching as much as I can to be as prepared as I can for that conversation. Um, so that's why I want to like slightly tap on it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and the other thing that I find fascinating, and this is something that, um, since my, my family here in New York, um, I'm from California originally, but my, my home here in Brooklyn, um, are, they're both in the tech industry. You know, they both, they're both in the business industry. They both work, in these uh, somewhat creative, but also very business savvy, very tech savvy environments. And it's so fascinating to me how um, dated some of this in the entertainment industry can be and how um, and I do I do have a problem with, uh, you know, we we go into this industry thinking okay we're going to be artists we're going to we're going to learn all about the stuff on the fly you know we went some of us went to school and learned about the craft but no one really te- talks to you about the business aspect no one tells yeah. you get this um you know when you walk into this you need to have your voiceover stuff prepped you need to learn how to use a camera you need to learn how to light yourself all these things it's kind of just thrown at you as this industry goes even though in a lot of these other industries, they're, um, you know, we all learn as we go, but they're more prepped on that end. Um, and I've been very fortunate that I've, I've surrounded by people who are very tech savvy. Um, so I've learned a lot from them, but I see a lot of my friends mm. who struggle with, wait a minute, I need to have this now. Like, but they're, they're, <laughs> no one told me this, like no one said anything right. about that. And all of a sudden it's being tossed at you. Like, well, you should have known this. And I, and I don't like that approach to, um, I used to be, uh, I used to work with children as I got hit by a car about two years ago. And I used to work with children, um, before that. Mm -hmm. And I always found it fascinating because we would give children these expectations of like, well, um, you should, you know, we're, we're going to teach you this and then we need you to act upon it. And they're like, okay, great if I know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to do it, or if I have a guideline, they go out and they be creative and they, they create these amazing things. But if you tell a child, well, you should have known this, the learning stops. Like you've just shamed them into, Oh no, I I should have known this. And I think that um, the industry is changing in a lot of ways. And with, with the way that they um, with the way that we, create this narrative um but the i think for like actors who have been in the industry for a little bit longer and you adapt and you learn um it's it's become um you know that that idea of not knowing is almost an anxiety point so then you stop to you Mm. stop learning and you stop growing in certain aspects, and especially with technology, I think that is such a huge part of our environment, and especially now with quarantine, <laughs> is, 
that um, right. I know a lot of people who have, were very opposed to online casting director classes, and now they're being forced into it, which is great um, to an extent. I it just would be would have it's it's just in, an interesting um, dynamic that I think needs to be reassessed when it comes to how we're mm-hmm. presenting um, information to people without shaming them for not knowing if it was new. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, absolutely. It's um, so, you know, through the SAG after foundation, they have a lot of these like online where they used to be in-person conversations with casting directors and they'll have these panels. Like you can watch them on YouTube um, um, panels with actors or directors and, you know, just sort of have these, these talks usually after a screening, but now, <laughs> nothing screening because you know these screenings aren't happening uh in theaters anymore because no one wants to be crammed in a room with hundreds <laughs> yeah. of other people uh especially right now um so they've moved them um online to be digital and a lot of and it's it's so funny seeing both sides of it because there was so much that i'm like um you know as as someone new to the or you know when i was newer to the tv and film side of things i was like wait why how am i supposed to get an agent or a manager if I don't have a, like how do I get a reel if no one's booking <laughs> me and how you know it's like this horrible cycle uh, it's like it's like that in every industry though with the business world it's like we're only hiring people mm-hmm. with two years experience we're like well no one's yeah. hiring how am I supposed <laughs> exactly. to get experience um and it's just interesting seeing that like you know I was one of those people that was kind of opposed to um to workshops with casting directors online like one of my favorite places to go for workshops transitioned about a year ago to just go fully digital and I was like well that sucks because now you're losing that FaceTime with casting directors and now it's like well now you're only doing them over FaceTime so Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 just it's such an interesting shift that the industry's taking in like it is more innovative because you're now giving access to these workshops people don't have to travel over an hour to get to Manhattan mm-hmm. um like you know when I was living in, I'm, I'm back in Connecticut now but when I was living here it was expensive you're paying for this class and I'm also paying like $35 round trip for the mm-hmm. metro north and you know I knew people that would come from Long Island or Jersey for these workshops because they're relatively close but now they have access to do it fully fully online and the class is a little bit cheaper because they're online so it's making it a bit more accessible for those who are kind of struggling right now so it's it's interesting to be on the other side of it. It's like, well, now you don't have a choice in the matter. You have to do digital yeah, exactly. or not at all. Yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. And especially like my sister and I have these conversations every once in a while. And she's like, what is the opposition to it? She's like, you know, I, I'm on Zoom all the time with mm-hmm. people. I'm on the phone with people all the time. And I'm like, you know, I think that as actors or artists in general, we not only do we feed into the energy of being in the room, being with the person, right. being engaged with other people who are in the same position because we're empathetic people. Like we thrive, I think anyway, in my personal opinion, that we thrive on um, the energies that we're getting when we walk into yeah. that room with that casting director or that agent or that manager, whoever it may, or industry professional, whoever it may be. Um, and you thrive on that energy because then you can read them. Like actors are there to create uh, an environment of who this character that we're walking in is. And when you read that other person mm-hmm. on the other side of the table, 
you know, it can be, um, it can be, how do I, you know, it can be, it can be enlightening because then you get to kind of read how they may want, like how, how they are and who they are. And I don't know, there's just something interesting about it. And I definitely enjoy uh, doing self tapes. I never thought in a million years I would um, back in the day, but um, you're right. Like being able to, instead of go to LA for like six weeks, spend thousands of dollars. Now we're able to see that LA casting director. If we're able to be a local hire there or that Atlanta, or, you mm. know, I, I want to work overseas. I want to work in London um, and Australia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see casting directors from, from those locations now that there's self tape, right. you know, and now that there's these plugins and voiceover stuff like source connect and, and all that, you know? Right. Um, so it's interesting and it, yeah. And it's, there's an interesting psychology to all of it too, which I, I'm still kind of trying to figure out a hundred percent because I think it's also mm-hmm. the programming, the training, that actors go through the culture that we're used to and that's shifting that's dynamically shifting as this goes and it was before but because of the pandemic and because of quarantine i think it's being pushed even harder into that yeah like they were trying to slowly transition it before and now it's like you're forced to like go from zero to 60 in a day like you know in or overnight because it's like before they're like slowly opening up the opportunities for like like you said atlanta reps or casting directors or people in la to do classes Mm -hmm. for new york people um and now it's like nope everyone's (laughs) gonna do it now you have to your like self-tape setup should basically stay up at all times (laughs) like i had to make a makeshift one here in connecticut because my lighting my backdrop all that stuff is back Mm -hmm. in my apartment in brooklyn um so i had to like you know adjust and basically now i know i should just have two self tape yeah. setups one here for when i visit family and i happen especially now that i have a manager hopefully once the mm-hmm. ball gets rolling um you know more opportunities come up when i'll you know be either in connecticut or in brooklyn and i'll have to just sort of be ready like on the fly so um but it's also interesting because they talk to us so much about um you know may, you may not have like booked the role when you go to an audition yeah. but you book the room And you can't do that over (laughs) Zoom or over FaceTime or Google Hangouts or wherever it is that they're doing these things. So it's sort of taking the element away. Like it's, um, and again, like you said, we feed off of that energy. Um, You know, the friendly greeting, you don't have to worry about your Mm -hmm. internet connection or bad lighting because for these workshops, they'll usually have a whole Mm -hmm. setup for you. And, you know, you get to you get the your feedback on tape and stuff like that so it's just sort of these elements changing that we weren't ready for but now it's either like Mm. you have to adapt or you're uh you're you know at a huge disadvantage um which i had to learn very quickly (laughs) yeah no i mean like that i think that's like i was just talking to my sister earlier about this um and it was like, you know, there are a lot of people who now during this during this time period who may have been doing really well going into the room, who weren't investing in the space that they have, may not be getting as much because they didn't invest. Like, 
Um, I've talked to a couple people about Source Connect, which is for voiceover work. It's like mm. every person that I have been talking to about it are like, do you have Source Connect? I booked an audition for an indu- like a industrial for a really big um, brand uh, a few weeks ago during the pan, you know, during this whole thing. And they were like, do you have Source Connect? And I was like, why, yes, I do. And then I went and I was like, no, I don't. I'm going to go online and figure out how the fuck to do that. Or sorry, I, I don't know if I can cuss on your <laughs> podcast. I'm going to bleep myself. Um, you know, I don't know if I can, you know, so I, I went on, you know, I told them yes. And then I went immediately like, and learned how to do it on YouTube because I was like, I'm a fast mm-hmm. learn. If I need any help, I can reach out to people, but this is how it, it's going to work. And if you don't have those tools, it's going to be really hard um, to work during this time period. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. According to a lot of these Q&As that I was attending, casting directors are like, yeah, self-tapes are going to be sort of Mm -hmm. the new norm um, for at least a while. Um, And they said that it's possible that co-stars might disappear for a little bit because they can't control where you've been for the two weeks before you're on set. So like, um, you know, some industry people like um, like Tyler Perry has his massive studio in Atlanta. Um, and he basically said he's going to they're going to start filming mm-hmm. soon because Atlanta opened up um, and they're going to be quarantining all of their actors um, on the studio lot for 14 days and then start wow. filming just to make sure. Yeah. Which is a smart move. But, you know, you can't do that for your day players yeah. who are only there for a day. Um. And, and the same with your crew. They're going to have to quarantine their crew. And he has so many shows on the air that it's <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But it's it's something that we're just all going to have to shift to yeah. if we want to keep working. No, I mean, <laughs> you think about, like, Tyler Perry's got, like, a, you know, he's got a lot. He's He's got the ability to do that. But you think about these smaller indie houses that aren't able to yeah. ask people to do that. You know, where is the shift going to go? when it comes to um, Mm -hmm. filmmaking and, and TV, when you have like these bigger companies that can afford to do that. And then also you're talking about name actors, probably I would assume name actors or actors who have been in the industry for a longer period of time with more success are going to be getting Mm -hmm. those as opposed to like you were saying day players or co-star roles where, um, you know, we may be coming in for a few lines will be non-existent for a while and like how what are those people going to do because <laughs> you know there and then right. there's a lot of work there's a lot of like random work but I mean even still I was talking to somebody uh, a little while ago today and they were like you know it's great to break in it's great for people who are already in the voiceover world right now but for those who are starting to break into it it was already hard before it's going to be even harder now because those staple people who have been getting this work it will go to them and then 
there may be a few people here and there, depending on um, how much work is needed, you know? So it's just, it's a, it's a very different, it's going to be a very different world. It already is. Um, and it's leaning more and more towards these uh, sci-fi films <laughs> that we, that I personally love um, where everything's just all technology, hundred percent, you know, I, I've heard of people getting green screens sent to their house and film equipment sent to their house so that they can film themselves. Yeah. I've seen that for a couple like commercial shoots. They said, we'll send you the equipment. Mm -hmm. if you're yeah. <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I, for some reason, I imagine like the director coming <laughs> in a hazmat suit um, and just yelling yeah. action through the, it's just it's such a strange time to be in an industry that is all about contact and proximity like you can't no. work from home as an actor um yeah. you can audition <laughs> from home that's that's been mm -hmm. the norm for a little bit um like you know self-taping because it's just easier to send a tape of you saying a one page scene rather than having to do like a chemistry mm -hmm. read or a screen test in person. And even then, like, how are you going to do a screen test over like, you know, pilot season was just mm -hmm. non-existent this year and they started casting pilots, but I feel like not many were filming yet. Um, and I've seen a lot of networks just order these shows straight to series without even seeing wow. the final pilot because they weren't filmed. Um, the CW announced a couple and they also announced that all of their regular fall shows will be not coming out till 2021 yeah. because they likely won't be able to film for another <sighs> three to four months. So they're just, they're just preparing themselves and saying, you know what? We know that this is not going to end anytime soon. And a lot of those, like the superheroes, yeah. especially it's like it's combat, it's, it's uh, close quarters. Mm -hmm. It's large ensemble casts. You can't really do that from, yeah. <laughs> you know six feet away you can't have all your actors six feet away from each other otherwise it'll just look like yeah. a very spaced out musical number <laughs> Which, i mean <laughs> <laughs> find your window you know <laughs> and i mean even then like especially like with broadway it's like you're not going to be able to do these like large show like memphis type shows either for a long while yeah um you know especially with singing because you're seeing the singing proximity i mean that's just, you're just spitting things at people at that point, you know, it's just out yeah. in the air and, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's gonna, I mean, it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how history, um, how this shapes the history of the entertainment industry and how it molds. I don't really know much about what, how the pandemic, um, this might be something I'm actually thinking about researching now that I'm thinking about it. But how it how it um, mm -hmm. impacted the entertainment industry in the um, Spanish flu era. I mean, I know we didn't have mm. as much going on, but like it would be curious to see how that affected it, even in you know in the scale that it was there, and see how that might compare to what's going on now, and with you know technology and with everything that we have available now, how that might move everything. To the next step of the next phase of the entertainment industry um i'd be really curious to see that yeah it's just 
<laughs> so much going on and like so much to try and like adapt to as quickly yes. as possible um and you know we were talking about those challenges that these casting directors are are doing and whatnot and it's mm-hmm. helping us practice it's because it's like oh well I want to send them something I want them to see me on tape but it's also like yeah they're forcing <laughs> you to practice <laughs> to practice your writing your uh mm-hmm. your self-tape technique and all that stuff all this different um things that normally you mm-hmm. would be learning in a classroom um, or at a workshop or something and they're just doing it for you for free so oh absolutely that, it's been one of those uh I have a group of friends that I I message with and we're all like we all share the information it's like oh did you see so and so send this out oh did you see that oh let me see your tape from that oh my god that's so cool you know and it's, yeah. it's created this sense of you know with the casting director is doing that it's like it's creating the sense of community too because we're all able to yeah. share work with each other again like we used to <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but like yeah. now that we're confined in our homes it's almost it's almost laser focusing on that uh all those those creative things and and laser focusing on you know if so and so has a zoom show you know it's like well i i'm available because i'm not going to go see a film festival tonight so you know i get to i get to right. see that person do their thing whereas before i may have had to go and do something else and vice versa Mm. um there's this i'm not sure if you follow the cbs show all rise um it's like a mm-hmm. courtroom drama um they did a fully virtual episode a couple weeks ago um so it was completely filmed over mm. like zoom basically um and it was uh and it wasn't like the parks and mm-hmm. rec special um or where they um, it's basically like they readapted or they adjusted the storyline um, so that they can have somewhat of like a positive season finale, I think. I think that was like the last episode they ended up doing. Um, but they announced that it was going to be virtual. And basically, you know, the episode opens up and they're saying, courts are still closed because of the pandemic. We're going to be here for Lord knows how long. And people are piling up in prisons and waiting for court dates, possibly over a year away or, or you know, things like that. Um, and it was, they basically did like virtual courtroom. They said, we're going to try something out. Um, and it was super interesting the way they did it. Like, um, the smaller scenes between like the romantic relationships would be sort of like done like, via <laughs> awesome. FaceTime call, um, on their phones, like they're in bed holding their phone or whatever. And then when they'd adjust to like the courtroom scene, it would be, um, over zoom and, you know, saying, all rise. <laughs> you see everyone's like crotch on camera. <laughs> Like okay, and the judge is like, please, everyone sit down. Thank, please, thank you. Don't need to see that. Um, and it's just so interesting how like even a major network was able to do that. So so bare bones. It felt like you know, like a a, a reading or like a staged reading, mm-hmm. some somewhat like that. You know, like very bare bones, like theater almost. Um, because there was no perfect lighting, no beautiful sets. Like they were filming from their bedrooms and kitchens and home offices. You know, all these actors. Um, and it was, it was sort of inspiring, like, oh, you can tell stories even, you know, smaller than this mm-hmm. um, and film it that way. You know, pretend you're like, you know, something about like um, a long distance relationship mm-hmm. or something. And 
now they're forced to stay apart now they're like forced to let's you know there's all these different stories you can still tell in that way and try and get as creative as possible so like I said like you know we're all sort of being forced to be more creative Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no there's this um I am working currently with a group to your point because I love that it sounds so great I want to check that episode out um there I'm working with a group right now um on a like kind of zoom at like very similar to what you were talking about. Um, and it's, uh, I think we're calling it like pandemic wars or something like, like the hunger games. Oh, pandemic games. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we, we just came up with the title. Okay. So, um, but it's very similar to like with that format and, um, you know, three people on different coasts, uh, across the country. We're all getting together to play a, the, the synopsis is that we all get together to play a board game that we never end up actually playing because we end up having conversations about other things. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, and you know, that was born out of a friend of mine messaging me saying, Hey, I have an idea. Do you want to do this? Um, And now we're, you know, in the process of, of working on that and writing it. And it's, it's so cool to mm. see like what you're saying, like with all rise, it's like so cool to see that a major production company is doing that because it very much speaks to a lot of people right now, especially mm. I think in the artist world. And yeah. And, and with that particular episode, there were, you know, that show um, is very, um, very much about like social justice and you know they were bringing up interesting points like you know they've got Mm -hmm. all these people getting sick in prisons um and the character who was like um they were doing his his case over virtual court um uh Mm. his wife was expecting and was due at like any moment so he's like i want to live and be out of here before you know to see my my kid's birth like i don't you know, because they're just, you know, they have been charged and are being held in, in in prison, but, you know, they're not, like, serving a sentence yet, but they're stuck there waiting and waiting and waiting because the courts are closed yeah. for the foreseeable very. future, which is very scary, how so many people are just being, like, held up there. Um, but so we are coming to uh, <laughs> close to the end of our time, uh, and I just wanted to do a quick rapid-fire round uh, to wrap things up. Uh, so it's about 15 questions and just okay. answer as right. quickly as you can. <laughs> uh, so theater or oh, musical theater uh, dream role? Oh my God. Uh, I guess I've already played it, but Lucy and Jekyll and Hyde, I would just love to do it a bigger, bigger scale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> love that show. Uh, worst survival oh, job uh, you've had? It's between Starbucks and... <laughs> um i hated working there <laughs> and uh this bounce house company i used to work for <laughs> gotcha uh what role do you feel that you absolutely know? oh god um uh that i've that i've that i've done like a film like in a film or just auditioned uh film theater any 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 i'm uh... clearly not Oh, okay. Uh, clearly, uh, anything I'm not you've good booked. At rapid fire. Um, <laughs> too many questions. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I, uh, Falling Planes was a film that I did, and I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three actors alive or dead. Lucy Lawless. Who want to share the screen with. <laughs> Knew that one. Patrick Stewart. Badass, yeah. Um, and Viola Davis. 
what a cast geez what is that story know, even but... oh god okay we'll we'll talk about that later <laughs> uh what is your Australia. dream filming location uh what's your favorite accent my to do favorite one to do is australian which is which is probably why i want to go to <laughs> australia so bad and is why i love lucy lola so much <laughs> oh that's so good Jesus. uh director you want to work with for an oscar oh um <laughs> uh, oh the first person who came to mind was um oh it was the coens but they're not really drama so <laughs> um so uh, 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 um oh there's so many um i guess uh uh oh god i can't remember his name <laughs> um what movie i'm not good at rapid fire uh, <laughs> i'm trying to think um <laughs> oh god it was the bush movie that christopher columbus chris columbus chris columbus <laughs> it's like why can't i remember oh, his okay. name it's yeah, iconic yeah. <laughs> uh what role did you have the most uh, fun playing that would have been um, uh, Maureen in Rent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, uh, who would you want to portray oh, you I in your biopic? <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. uh, Emma Stone. <laughs> okay. uh, what actor do you want to direct? Uh, Jim Carrey yeah <laughs> nice good choice uh what was the role oh, that got away uh, i auditioned for crashing for an australian uh frisbee player and th they um they really loved me but the role changed to be all these different things so i never ended up getting to do it <laughs> gotcha um someone that you would want to portray in their well, Lucy lawless um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, let's say Lucy Lawless. <laughs> uh, what type of character do you never um, want to play again? The ditzy, uh, um, like, girl who dies at the, at the beginning of a horror film. Yes. Have you, uh, you played that, I'm assuming. Yeah. It got, oh, God. Uh, let's yeah, do a short work game. You know me, you know, that doesn't really early. fit. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah um what existing franchise do you want to join um handmaid's tale yeah i think that and nice. um i would love to do any lord of the rings so yeah <laughs> okay you actually answered both questions because the next one was a oh, tv show <laughs> Uh, and in 10 words or less, what uh, advice would you give to a young Take actor? everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> Solid. Love that. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Molly, thank you so, so much. I've absolutely loved chatting with you. I always love chatting. Aww, same I here. could chat with you for <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> And so that concludes another episode of Actors With Issues. For all of your kick-ass actress, singer, and filmmaker needs, you can follow Molly on Instagram at Molly Gazay. And follow us on Instagram at Actors With Issues. 
Thank you again to our sponsor, Anchor, the easiest way to start a podcast. Get started today by downloading the free Anchor app and visiting anchor.fm. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and you'll get notified every time we upload a new episode and be so kind as to rate and leave a review. Join us every Friday for a new episode available to stream and download everywhere podcasts are available. Stay safe, everyone. This is Juan Ayala, signing off.